So a very good Wednesday lunchtime to Simon. Hello, Simon. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thank uh, not you the first me. time that we've met, because we briefly crossed paths at Isha Theatre. We did. Uh, for the opening of the, well, the, the launch of the pantomime. And I tried some of your amazing gin, uh, which is great. And good. we'll talk about that in just a moment or two. And hi, welcome back, Mary. Good to have you with us. Oh, good to be here again, Baz. That's good. Lovely to have your company. We're going to talk to you a little bit later on. But I think you're going to join in as we chinwag now <laughs> with Simon. Simon, first of all... Hampton Court Gin Company. I think your history, though, you were telling me that you were involved in marketing of alcoholic drinks prior to this, weren't you? I was, yeah. I mean, from my, my, my very first job, um, I was working for Budweiser, Holston Export, Holston oh, yeah. Pills. Um, and over the years, that then extended to other beers, wines and spirits. Um, and... Um, yeah, so uh, I've worked across most of the more popular alcohol brands um, around the world. Which in the blood. It is. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, Simon, the website tells a very romantic story about how you started the business off. Tell us how Hampton Court Gin as a company came about. Well, I mean, I had a un- unfortunate. I run a marketing agency, and sure. it's a, 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 an unfortunate specialism in, in um, sport, travel, and drinks. And of course, February 2020, I was incredibly busy. We were just flying. We had 12 months worth of back-to-back work planned. Um, and then pandemic pause stopped everything dead in its tracks. And so March 2020, we were just literally just kicking our heels. Um, and for many years, walking the dog in front of the palace. Um, this is never- a romantic bit. Names of the dogs. What's the names of the dogs, by the way? Uh, Fizz. Fizz. And Inky. Lovely. And what yeah. sort of dogs are they? Uh, schnauzers. Smashing. Yeah. So you're walking along the Topaz Hampton Court, and it came to mind? What happened? Well, I mean, for, for years, I've never, ever, ever lost that sort of buzz about all the history that surrounds us, whether it's the, the palace itself, obviously, and sort of wondering who before me over the centuries has been treading the towpath and you know, the ice houses that are in royal parks and the hunting lodges and the follies. And it's, it's, it's never, ever um, stopped intriguing and interesting me. Um, and as I say, I've, I've always wanted to uh, create my own drinks brand, having worked on other people's. And yeah. I just looked left, looked at the palace and thought, you've got 500 years of storytelling there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then tell us about all the research and development that you had to go through in order to start the company. Because, I mean, there's a lot of people out there on a very small scale doing yeah. gin nowadays. And then you've got the, the bigger chaps uh, as well that have done quite well. There's one obviously quite local to here that's yeah. gone pretty global, which um, we've actually been part well, of. They've been with us for quite some time, funny enough. They've um, supported us on, on occasions at events. Right. Um, but, yeah, tell us the history because it's really an interesting story, I'm sure. It, it, I mean, the, the project sort of fell into two parts because, on the one hand, um, it's, it's one thing marketing other people's drinks brands. It's a completely different thing, actually, than learning how to make a good gin. For sure. Um, it's incredibly easy to make average gins. And, you know, the, the, I believe in, in 2016 there were 80 licensed stills in the UK. Now there are about 800 licensed wow. stills. Um, and so that means there's just been this plethora of this explosion of craft gins. And I think there's a sort of common misconception that craft automatically infers quality. Mm-hmm. And that's actually really not the case. There's some very, very average craft gins out there. So yeah. for me, the, the, the main part of the, or the, the difficult part of the whole process was, was learning um, how to make a good gin. Um, 
full stop just the technical process and you know how to really differentiate it from from, from others the second part of it um was then um I, I suppose in a way the most important part of the project for me which is ensuring there's an authenticity in the storytelling there's a reason for why the gin is made the way it is yeah um, a reason for why those botanicals have been chosen rather than it just being this sort of happy coincidence of flavours that come together and, you know, you stick a, a brand label on it and, you know, that's it. Um, but in the distilling <coughs> process, was there much trial and error to begin oh, with? Amount. with yeah? Yeah. So, no, a huge amount. So, I mean, it, it, it sort of went hand in hand. I, I knew from a technical process that um, most craft stills are sort of like, I mean, this is getting a little bit technical, but most craft stills are 150 or 300 litres. I wanted to produce a gin was exceptionally smooth, really, really mellow. That it was a delight to drink on its own without the need for a mixer. Oh, right, so it doesn't okay. have that petrol burn at the back yeah, of your yeah, throat. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know. Yep. Now, to do that, you need a much longer distillation process. You need to right. be able to distill your alcohol 22 times, which means you need a, a much bigger still. So rather than a 150-litre still, you need a 1,500-litre still. Okay. Because what you're doing is you're basically churning the gin around, boiling it, condensing it, boiling it, condensing it, and each time it's then getting smoother and smoother and smoother. So, so from a 22 times, did yeah. you say, you go through that process. How would they compare then to other... Once or twice. Really? Yeah. So there's a difference yeah. to begin with. And so for me, the acid test was, was you know, being able to, to, to taste it. Does it have that petrol burn in the back of your throat? Is yeah. it the sort of drink, uh, you know, gin that you'd happily drink on its own over ice without the need for splashing in all these different, you know, um, uh, tonics and mixes? The mixes, yeah. And one of the things, you know, that, that we're particularly keen on is we, we always recommend pouring it with a, a, as neutral a tonic as possible because you're then getting to taste the gin that you're paying for rather than that flavour tonic. I was going to ask you is, later on if you had a favourite mixer that you recommend with your drinks. And, and maybe that varies even by which gin we're talking about because you've got a couple of gins which we'll talk about. Before we get on to the brands, actually, you've not been going that long, nope. but you've already been very successful in claiming accolades and awards. Tell us about the awards you've got. We yes well I mean our, our first gym was the Six Wives so should I tell you a little bit about the, the, the yeah. background to the Six Wives yeah of course so um, I mean as, as I said there's there a lot of research that went on in, in terms of just of finding out what was going on in um, Tudor kitchens what was being imported what was being offloaded off those barges that were then you know bringing produce up from the docks that have just come from across the world yeah and um, so I started off with a fairly wide palette of botanicals um, and then sort of settled on whittled everything down and settled on six. And called it the Six Wives. Okay. And so there's a reason for why each of those botanicals are in there. They've all have either been grown in Henry VIII's kitchen gardens, um, all with spices that he imported. Right. So we start off with um, orange, which was first introduced to England by Catherine of Aragon, Henry's first wife, in 1509. She's a native from Spain. Um, and so before that, we didn't have citrus in England. Um, then... Um, uh, thyme, which was grown by Cardinal Woolsey in the kitchen gardens, and Cardinal Woolsey, amongst other things, was a very, very keen gardener. Yeah. Cubed berries, which Henry imported from Java, um, and that served a dual purpose, really. But, but meat was very, very difficult to store, so you needed to add spices to it to then start actually make it a lot more palatable. To, you're almost sort of disguising the taste of how the meat has degenerated. Um, so, yeah, Henry imported those from Java. Sorry, the, the second um, pur purpose for those spices importing was really to, to show his wealth and status, the fact right. that he could do it. They were immensely expensive. Um, and it's very much a case of him just trying to impress visitors to the court that he has all these exotic spices. Um, and then we had Grains of Paradise and Bitter Almond. So six wives we launched in June um, last year. 
in July this year, um, to answer your question, um, it won gold at the Global um, Gin Masters. So that's amongst 900 other gins. Wow. Congratulations. That deserves a quick ripple, I think. Well done, Thank you. Very that's Thank amazing. You and very quick, because, I mean, presumably there aren't many companies that can set up that quickly within this first couple of years and win an award of that stature. I'd like to think not. <laughs> Good man. Good man. <laughs> Unless the, we, we were a little bit, because the competition, as you say, that there are so many craft gins out there. And, you know, to, 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 to win a gold in, um, in a competition against 900 others, um, we were really chuffed with. Our second gin, which you might be about to come on to, actually did better than that. Did it? The same awards, yeah. yeah. Amazing. But, but on the, the six wise, what would you put in that typically fruit-wise if you're pouring and serving? Um, first of all, from a tonic point of view, okay. um, out of all the blind taste tests we did, and you know, um, long-suffering friends from the start of oh God, the back end of 2020, um, all the way through to when we then refined, we've, we've got the, the spirit we're happy with. You know, we're dragging friends around and doing numerous blind taste tests, <laughs> and a lot of friends, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, uh, and then it came on to, of course, what you then mix it with. And out of all the blind taste tests we did, um, just plain old Schweppes came out on top. Did it? Okay, um, that's interesting. Waitrose own label next, right? Then Fever Tree, then Fentimans, then London Essence. So all of those. It gets, it's getting back to what I was saying earlier, is that all a lot of the, the sort of more trendy, fancy tonics are actually almost in a way designed to, to, to for you to taste the tonic rather than what you're really paying for and what all the love has gone into is making that gin well that's very true no that's very true particularly with, yeah with some of the flavored tonics as you talked yeah. about absolutely yeah. because yes and i've that's a very good point and i've never thought about that when i'm drinking i guess we should actually add obviously for only for people over 18 absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and do drink within moderation yes um but, but in, in terms of garnishes then yes a, a, yes. a slice of orange and a sprig of thyme um, and if you oh, singe okay. the thyme, um, there's a fantastic restaurant um, near us called um, Mezes. And what, what's lovely about it is you, you supply restaurants and bars and they then play around um, with the, the, the serving themselves. And so I had dinner there about six months ago and they served it and it just tasted very, very different. And I said, what have you done? And they said, well, we singe the thyme. Put, singe the thyme uh-huh. with a, a, a naked flame of lighter. And that then releases the oils into the tonic, and it's delicious. Wow. Uh, so, Simon, we left you. We were talking about the six wise brand, but you got this other. Um, is it more of a winter-type gin? It started off as being uh, a sort of like a seasonal experiment. Um, so we launched it in October, November last year. So what's um, the name of the brand before you? It's called Lord Miss Rule. Okay. Um, and again, it's very important to me that it's is very much steeped in history, um, that it was telling a story. Um, and... Um, yeah, this is just a really lovely part of of, of doing this this job. Is you can just basically lose yourself in, in books, and you can go down rabbit holes, and you know come back the other end, and you know find cul de sacs. But you then, the more you scratch away, the more you sort of learn a lot more. And so, Lordamus Rule was the name that's given to um, a member of the very lowest classes in Henry's court. Um, okay, where Henry and the nobles effectively um, elect this one chap where for 12 days the role of king and servant switched. He had complete authority over all the antics that went on in the court. And his job was basically to create as much mischief and mayhem as possible. So it's it raucous drinking games, masquerades, and it all culminated in the Feast of Fools on the right. 12th day. Um, and so all the botanicals um, that went into making um, Lord of Misrule would have been used in that feast, far too expensive to use during normal cooking. So quince, honey, lemon, nutmeg, cinnamon, thyme, ginger. 
Um, and so whilst Six Wives is, 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 is definitely sort of a bit more summery, it's light and you've got hints of citrus and thyme coming through, Lord of Mistral is just deliciously complex. It really mm. is. It's, um, you get a very comforting, warming mouthfeel to the sides of your tongue that's then very quickly then followed with a, a, a sort of silky, smooth, buttery feel. Um, and um, that's delicious with ginger ale. It almost makes it also makes a fantastic um, hot Negroni as well. It's absolutely. Oh, does it? It's, it's very, very, very Moorish. It's our take on an, on a Negroni. Okay. Um, but yeah, in terms of awards, the in, in the Global Gin Masters, whilst Six Wives won a gold, um, Lord of Mistral won a Masters Medal, where all the judges have to be unanimous in awarding ninety five plus points. Oh, congratulations! That's amazing. Is that because it is so distinct? It is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's complex. It really is, yeah. And uh, still distilled twenty-two times. Yes, Amazing. and it's still forty-two percent. Um, yeah, it's 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 lovely. So whilst it starts off as being a, um, it started off as being a, a, a seasonal. Everyone loved it so much. It was starting to win awards before the ones in in, in July. Um, ICV, um, ICV, that they're, they're, they're um, a drinks correspondent on. Oh gosh, what's the name? Um, Sunday morning, um, Gardner, um, Lost Alan Tetchmarsh. Oh, Alan Tetchmarsh. Alan Tetchmarsh, yeah, yeah. love your weekend. Okay. They basically selected Lord of Misrule um, to, be, to be the gin to make a Queen's Jubilee cocktail, which they then made on air you know, with the guests wow. in, the, in, in the studio and stuff like that. So whilst I Big thought Big impact on to, sales immediately after that? Absolutely. Yeah, no, very much so, yeah. So whilst I thought it was always going to be a, 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 um, a wintry seasonal cocktail, um, it's got such a distinctive taste that it's, it's, just, it's, it's flying throughout the year. And garnishes for that one would be what? Um, a shard of cinnamon yep. and, and lemon. Very nice. And do you serve that with a mixer or do, would you have it? Again, it's absolutely delicious without. Okay. Um, I think basically any gin I produce, any spirit I produce, I want it to be able to be drunk without the need for a mixer. That's to me, is the, 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 the absolute acid test. It's got to be so smooth and so palatable that you don't then need to have a mixer with it. Amazing. And you're venturing out into a new area. As far as drinks are concerned, are you not moving away from gin? We are, yeah. Rum, spiced rum. Um, I mean, what 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 was fantastic about um, yeah, what, the Genesons, as the, as it's sort of called in 2016, where it just exploded from being, you know, all the usual contenders, um, all the, the big name brands you see on supermarket shelves. In 2016, there's this explosion in craft. That was basically, you know, small producers experimenting with new flavours. And the effect that had was um, it brought a huge number of new people into the category. So people, 25, 35-year-olds, did not see gin in their drinking repertoire at all prior to that. But as soon as they made gins more exciting and more interesting and more innovative, then it suddenly started bringing new drinkers in. But also then existing um, drinkers who are always just been looking at Gordon's or Beefeater or whatever, suddenly just finding it's, this is exciting. And so whereas before it always used to be, what gin do you have? It's now which gins do you have? Everyone had their drink station, and, and it obviously increased during the pandemic. Um, so spiced rum, the same thing is happening. So for a long time, people have been talking about rum being the next big category, um, right. but it hasn't been happening. Now it is. So in August this year, um, in terms of, of value of the category, um, rum surpassed whiskey for the first time ever, which when you think about it is you know, absolutely unheard of. Mm. I was talking to an old client the other day who's the MD of a, a spirits company, and the, the news is fairly old. Uh, sorry, fairly, fairly recent. And, um, and I said, rum has surpassed whiskey. And he said, no, 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 no way. And I said, look, Google it. 
And so he, he called up the, the report, and it's like everyone is astonished that it's now, it is finally happening. And it's the same thing because it's not, no longer about um, white or dark rum. It's innovation, it's evolution, it's a spice drum where you're playing around with new flavours, new blends, um, and then basically just making rum more exciting again. Mm-hmm. So um, our brand is called The Father. Um, in fact, it's actually called The Father of the Fleet, the full name. And this is available now? It is. It's literally just hot off the press. Well, it's, it's available as in it's distilled. It's in the process of being bottled, and we're now taking pre-orders. Okay. So it's, um, it, it's not ready for dispatch now, but we are then taking... Um, nearly or, there. Or, exactly. Very yeah. nearly there. Um, and that, yeah, the background to it is um, Henry VIII is the father of the, of the Royal Navy. He's considered to be the father of the Royal Navy. When he came to the throne, his father left him with two warships to fight off the French. He then suddenly realized we've got a bigger threat here. Um, but it's all very, very haphazard. Um, and so he set about um, re-engineering the way ships were built. So he invented the gun port which meant that the centre of gravity for ships could come down because you no longer had to worry about guns being above the water line. Oh, OK. There's a lot more deck space for yeah. soldiers yeah. to then... So he changed the, you know, the rules of naval in- in- engagement. Eventually, he became the biggest importer of rum because you couldn't drink water on ships. It went poisonous after two or three days right. in the, in the um, oak barrels. So um, the, the basically, s- sailors existed off rations of 10 pints of ale a day or two pints of rum. <laughs> oh. And, and up, up until um, Henry got involved, um, basically it was down to individual naval captains to decide where they were going to get their alcohol supplies from, wherever they were sailing around the world. Henry said, that's mad. What we're going to do is we're going to import everything from the Caribbean, um, create this huge vats down um, by Greenwich, um, and he effectively became the world's biggest importer of rum. Wow. So the website, by the way, looks fab. Really good website. The, the the bottles and the labels, I think, because it's quite important now. You, people display their gins, and the, it, the packaging looks beautiful. So congratulations Thank to you that as much. well. Thank you. Tell us about where you can buy the products. At the moment, it's primarily online, mm-hmm. um, but we're then um, sold either for um, d- drinking in bars and restaurants at about sort of forty or fifty. Um, establishments in and around Hampton Court, Kingston, Richmond, places like that. Um, we're talking to a major multiple grocer at the moment, but that's always quite hard work. They sort of promise. I bet it is, but once you're in, then yeah. you're in. No, absolutely. So, yeah. I'm sure it will come, Simon. It's got to come. It's important Products. we're in the right sort of, um, you know, we want to, you know, maintain our sort of um we, we don't want to be bargain basement mary he's I talking mean, waitrose <laughs> i actually think some of the supermarkets are missing out by not having a craft section mm. I you know agree. you go into even some of the bigger um you know sainsbury's or waitrose and things like that there should be a distinct local area you know section for companies like yours I mean, I, I just find it all very fascinating. And, the, you know, the amount of time and effort that you've actually put in to producing it or even just the idea of it before you've actually gone into, you know, the actual production. I'm very proud that you're in our December issues of Waybridge and Brooklyn. Had Live. to get that plug in very quickly, Mary. <laughs> nice we're, we're very proud to be in there. <laughs> oh, it's a love-in here in Brooklyn's radio studio. Um, and you've got some beautiful gifts that have come out for Christmas, and the packaging looks amazing. Tell us about the gift sets that you've got on to go at the moment. 
Yeah, so, um, you know, not, not everyone wants to dive into a brand they don't know about necessarily. Um, and it's one thing. I mean, we, we always, wherever we go, we let people taste it. We want people to taste it as, as, as much as possible. Um, but then we thought the simplest way of doing it would be to create five centiliter bottles in three, three bottle gift packs. So we've got six wives, Lord and Mr. All, and literally hot off the press, um, the father of the fleet. So they're available in, 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 in gift boxes, which make... I mean, this is a bit. Of and a how plug. much are they priced at? Uh, Twenty-two pounds. But they, they make just great, you know, stocking fillers and stuff like that. And a lot of the time, what we're finding is that people are, 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 are tasting it, taking one home, and then literally just coming back and saying, "Oh, I love that one," or "I love that one," or "I love all three. You know, great way to introduce new people yeah. to the brand. And I love on the website really quickly that you've got your cocktail section as well. Yes. Because and the recipe for a dirty martini. Nice to see a dirty martini. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot of like, good experimentation going on there. <laughs> and you must be busy in the run up to Christmas now, I guess, out it's at events and stuff like that. So anything major happening between now and? Yes, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, I think we've got about um, 14 or 15 events between now and Christmas. Wow. So um, this weekend we've got well, this evening we've got the Mitre at Hampton Court, which is always a fantastic evening. It's a, it's a, it's a shopping evening and you know, lovely brands there. Um, you know, fantastic Christmas presents. And what time does that start? Talk. That starts at four, finishes at nine. Uh, are you listening, Mrs. Richards at home? We might be going there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then tomorrow we're setting up for Hampton Court Palace Festive Fair. So that oh, okay. runs from Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Wow, so a really busy weekend for you then. Yeah, yeah. No, and, then, and, then, and then each day we've then got two or three other events that are happening at the same time. Um, wow. So it's, you uh, were just at Olympia recently, yes. weren't you? Yes. Yeah, we had Spirit of Christmas. Yep. Um, then we, we did Stylist Live, um, which was a, a, a sort of fairly big one. Yeah, Stylist Magazine. They, they, they had a, um, a, a pause for about two or three years during, um, um, you know, during, during lockdown. But that's attracting you know, quite a different audience. It's 25 to 35-year-old women, and they've got people like Fern Cotton doing beauty talks and oh, yeah. you know, all sorts of stuff like that. So, it's been a, yeah, it's been a very, very busy um, final quarter. And then you're also then sort of you know, putting in all the planning for you know, what's happening next spring, next summer. Oh, it's something I noticed on, on, on Friday. There was this campaign that was waged. Instead of it being Black Friday, it was Colourful, Colourful Friday, support, shop local, support local. And you know, I think a lot of people were doing that. And that is now a, a national day, isn't it, as well? Shop local. And I think it was um, yeah, it was Friday or Wednesday of last week, which, yeah. I, again, I don't think gets enough publicity, but it is so important yeah. that we continue to shop locally, yes, particularly exactly. in the run-up to Christmas. And so, Simon, we talk about your brand, and, and it was very clear that, the storytelling part to you and the history of each of the products you produced and the reason, the purpose for it, so, so important. We probably didn't give a plug to the actual name of the website. So uh, go for it. HamptonCourtGin.com. That's simple. It's very, very simple, yes. <laughs> HamptonCourtGin.com. That's brilliant. Uh, so again, tell us where you are tonight, because you're at the Mitre tonight. Tonight we're at the Mitre Hotel in Hampton Court. Um, I don't know if anyone's been there since refurbishment, um, which they they did that during lockdown, in fact. Um, they were going to do it stage by stage, but then they decided to do the whole thing in one go. And it's a fantastic hotel, it really is. And they've got lovely restaurant, lovely bar, and tonight is a, is a Christmas shopping night. So that starts at four, finishes at about nine. Sounds good. And Sounds then good. Um, Friday, it's um, Hampton Court Palace Festive Fair. So that runs all day for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, so... Um, again, it's just a it's, a it's a fantastic event to go to. All the courtyards are just filled full of independent retailers and producers, and just finding you know amazing Christmas gifts there. And we talked about some of the local bars where you can actually uh, purchase a drink, and uh, we talked a little bit about distribution. Tell us what twenty twenty three looks like for you as a brand, as a company. 
Um, I mean, yeah, we, we, we're literally just only 14, 15 months since we actually sort of launched properly. And year on year, everything seems to double. Um, it's word of mouth. It's about other people hearing about us um, and tasting us, going out to um, their locals. And then suddenly you know, the, the phone rings and they sort of say, well, I own a delicatessen or I own a pub or a restaurant or a wine bar. Um, and then, you know, gradually we're now sort of then sort of saying, right, okay, well, let's let's take our brand out and 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 start putting brand ambassadors into the West End and into Shoreditch and Soho, where people are looking for small brands, small craft gins, as opposed to having the How usual. How many people suspects. have you got that work with you? Uh, about eight or nine of us. Okay, so it's still a nice small concern. Yeah. Are there any people that you knew? from the marketing world that you're in before or? previous life yeah yeah i mean it's basically we you know it, it's it's a good solid team and we all know each other's respective strengths um you know the the, the, the chap who does our wonderful labels is the partner of an account director who's worked with me since 2002 i think god it's, you know it's, it's, it's going as like, i mentioned last out it does make so much difference because the six wives label is beautiful I mean, it looks and it stands out on its own. I mean, it would be a beautiful picture on its own. Um, if you're we, watching that, we get asked that quite a lot. In fact, we were an event last, last week and they sort of said, can we actually buy these as posters? Um, so that we're going to have to look to do that, absolutely. It makes sense. Funny enough, because um, the, the series White Lotus that's out at the moment mm. on Sky Atlantic, um, the opening shots of that reminded me a little bit of the label. Oh, yeah. Gone. So it's, it's sort of a definite uh, comparison there, without doubt. It's fascinating. Actually. I think somewhere on our website, you've got, um, there's an overhead. Um, uh, camera speeded up of, of, of Greg, our designer, who then, with a biro, was doing the label for Lord and Miss Rule, and it is just wonderful watching it. It's, obviously, everything's just sort of speeded up, but he does all of it with a biro, and then it's layers upon layers upon layers of colours, and then you know, macking it up. Amazing! It's been a pleasure talking to you today, Simon. I know you've got to dash off because you're going to this event tonight. You yeah, need to get yourself set yeah. up. Um, remind us one more time the names of the three brands that you currently got. So it's Hampton Court Gin, yep. which is at hamptoncourtgin.com. Yep. And um, our first wife is The Six Wives. Then we've got Lord of Misrule. And then available for pre-order is our brand new spice drum, which is called The Father of the Fleet. Pleasure having you into the studio today. Good luck thank, thank for the Christmas run up to Christmas and good luck for 2023. And we hope to get you in again at some stage. Thank you very much for having me. It's love.